so we are back this week with John Lucero and Stacy Pyle, who are also known as uh, lovers. <laughs> <laughs> we That's married. They're married. married. They're married, but also they are um, they are day to day management and tour management for Why Don't We? Yeah. I mean, I'm clapping for you like times five because I know what kind of what kind of work you've done. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, you got these little nugget children when they were little nugget children and you you kind of helped raise them in their past, you know, four years of life. Not that their parents didn't do an amazing job, but like, yeah. come on, kids are kids are still being raised till they're like 30. Oh, um, <laughs> especially men, especially. Men. I mean, I'm still being raised, you know, especially men. Yes. And I mean, Zach was what he was he 15, 16. 15. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 15. I remember like the first day they came into our office, like in our Hollywood office, we're not right next door to the Capitol Tower, like that iconic Capitol building. And they're all just like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> it was just this moment. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was very exciting times. Yeah, it was so cool. I mean, like, you've been through a lot with them. We've been through a lot together. It's it's been a lot. What are we now at going on five years? Yeah, this will be year five coming up. So is. that is absolutely crazy. Time. But yeah, it's like, here's the coolest thing, though, like, we work with artists that are quote unquote launching all the time. And, and, you know, quite frankly, most of them, unfortunately, just don't make it or continue on for a period of five years, let alone winning awards and selling out amphitheaters at this level. And I mean, why don't we has just exceeded so many expectations and, you know, we knew they all had it, but to see it all come together and be what it is now and be what it's going to be in the future is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're excited. I, I so, really feel the best is yet to come. To uh, oh, I agree. I, totally. I agree. What was I listening to? Oh, we did a so I don't know if you've listened. Actually, I know John has. He told me he's listened to Boy Band Top Tens. Mm -hmm. And uh we recorded an episode yesterday and it finally had a why don't we track on it. But we we've kind of focused on nostalgic boy bands so far. But uh Max and Harvey was on the show and they picked Why Don't We? They yeah. actually put Why Don't We ahead of the Beatles, which I severely questioned. <laughs> Yes, very much so. We gave them a hard time about that one. Really? I I we, yeah, I don't think why don't we even put themselves in front of the Beatles ever? Oh, not. <laughs> that is their aspiration, of yeah, course. To be of course, of course. The Beatles, but they would of never course. think that. We'll, we'll talk in we'll talk in forty years. Thank you, Matt. It stands. Um, so the main thing I want to talk with you guys about today is touring. Okay. Perfect. Because I don't think we've done like a show at least not in a while maybe not ever that just talked about touring and what that is and it's interesting because you know a lot of the audience that listens to this podcast they are um aspiring music industry professionals and to be quite frank most of them either a want to be a manager or b want to tour yeah. both two of the hardest things in the music industry yeah. and uh you guys kind of do a combination of both at the same yeah. time um so it is you guys have led quite an interesting uh life you know course of the past four and a half years doing that and i want to talk about it i want to get into the dirty i want to get into what touring and touring life really means i want to once again express how non-glamorous it is um and yeah, you have your moments where you're with a big artist and you get to stay at the Ritz and, and raid the mini bar, but those are few and far between. Yeah. Uh, usually you're, uh, 
you're sleeping in a mini bar. <laughs> I don't fit in a mini bar, dude. I don't know what you're talking I was just, about. I was just thinking like when you rent like a, a shitty hotel room for showers and there's like 10 of you in there, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Over here by the, by where a mini bar would be, but there's definitely not one at this. Yeah. Hotel, it's funny so. when you deal with those, those, those kind of crash rooms like that, you end up walking in and there's, you know, four people sleeping, you know, in different angles on the bed, and there's one person in the shower, and there's 50 towels all over. And it's like, oh my lord! And oh my god, disaster! Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've I don't think I've ever. Sh this is gonna sound gross, but I don't mean it in a gross way. I don't think I've ever shared more bodily fluids than while touring, because you're all like, there's like 10 of you sharing three towels. You're all <laughs> peeing all over the bathroom when the bus moves. Oh, yeah, Oops, that's yeah. your toothbrush. Thought it was mine. Whose water is this? <laughs> I don't know. I just need some water. Like. It happens. And definitely like we had our fair share of sickness too because of that. We're in such close cramped quarters that I mean, it's hard not to spread germs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the worst. Like when you actually get just like a run of the mill cold on tour and the thing like this this is the like the suckiest thing about tour i think mm -hmm. if you really have a shitty cold and like you do not want to get out of bed you can call into work yeah. not if you're already at work <laughs> yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know no there's no well, like yeah the best thing about john and i is we're really a team and so when one person's not feeling great the other picks up slack and vice versa um he does a lot of things that I'm glad that he does that I don't want to do, but there's a lot of things by Azursa that he hates doing, all the logistics and organization and all that shit that, yeah. you know, I love doing. So it really helps to be like right there for each other. Yeah, we have a team. It's cool to have a team the way we do because we don't really have so much like an assistant, which we probably could have had for whatever amount of time. Now moving forward, getting bigger and bigger, we will. But, um, you know, at this point we're, we just split those jobs, you know, yeah. so it's pretty cool. So being sick sucks. It really does. And it spreads. And let me tell you really a quick sick story. So we feel <laughs> that everybody had COVID already Yep. because in November we were in uh, Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand. Right. And at that point in time, the whole band, the whole crew, everybody was sick. And I'm not talking like a little sickness. I'm talking, Daniel looked like he was about to die. Um, they were all just way under the weather. And we were th throughout that whole entire region of the world. So we had I, so many rock docks mm. and almost on the daily. Because if it wasn't Daniel and Jonah's sick, it was the other three. So we just, yeah, yeah just spreading it, it along the camp. <laughs> yeah. And it well, is, I mean, have you, had an, uh -huh. so, <laughs> have you had an antibody test? No. Uh, no. No. Oh, you should. Cassie, oh, yeah. Cassie knows how to get anything. First of all, she like there's anything. <laughs> yeah. If there's any, I'm telling you, she could probably figure it out before other people. Like I, but I still think like at this point, Cassie would respect that other people should likely come before her. However, okay. Cassie could figure it out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like honestly, my me and my friend were texting about. Um, the vaccine she my friends in the uk and uh i'm you know i'm not in the uk but she was like she was like it like trying to figure out how to get the vaccine is kind of like figuring out how to get a great concert ticket 
and she mm-hmm. and then she got um she helped her um husband's or I guess her mother-in-law her husband's mother get, sign up for the vaccine and she talked about like how hard it was to get and how other people would take the spot while you're signing up for it and she was like I got like my concert ticket rushed by helping Terry get her vaccination appointment um but it's interesting because a lot of other countries are way farther ahead or just have very different vaccination situations in here even different parts of the United States like my most of my family in Kentucky has at least gotten their first shot now but like in California I I deliver meals on wheels um a lot of the you know those are you know an older more um at risk population and they are most of them either just got their first shot this week or getting it like in the next two weeks so it's it's interesting to see how different parts of the world are moving more quickly than others yes which is why touring is so um up in the air right now First yep. oh yeah last to come back it's just oh i miss it so much yeah like i keep having these fantasies about the first show i'm going to go to after covid <laughs> like like it's like a fantasy at this point and like usually by the end of the fantasy i'm i'm black out um because <laughs> i just i just don't know if i'm gonna be able to handle myself yeah. once you put me like especially if it's a concert of like someone I love like the first time I see Fallout Boy or the Backstreet Boys after COVID God help me it's, it's gonna lose your mind girl lose your mind this yes, weird it's gonna to be think, a mess it's gonna be weird to think about what that's gonna look like though because yeah what we know is normal um standing shoulder to shoulder spitting on each mm-hmm. other screaming and yelling like Meeting you know drinks. sweating all over each other you know is who knows who knows what's going to look like you know are they going to come out and the first time that we go back on tour are they going to cut the venue in half you know in terms of the capacity we don't know yeah so i mean you know i'm gonna miss the days of a girl trying to chew my fingers off to get a drumstick from me yeah (laughs) exactly yeah now you're just like it happened get away please (laughs) yeah they were bloody and then my dad was like you need to go get a tetanus shot (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. Well, luckily, I haven't had anybody do that yet. They definitely trample me, for sure. Here's the thing. Cassie laughs. However, Cassie once, on my behalf, I was not part of this, got in a knockdown drag-out fight with another Backstreet Boys fan to get AJ McLean's jersey, which I now own. (laughs) I mean, why would I not get in a... If you're going to fight over something being thrown out at a concert... Uh, it's gonna for me it's yeah. gonna be that yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah. it was great it was bedazzled there were bedazzles flying everywhere <laughs> security called it was a whole situation it was it was oh, glorious man, i see that i see that happen was, all the time especially when the those boys were the throw, days the boys throw anything in the crowd and it's a free-for-all you know see, when so, i when i was touring with why don't we i like to throw as many things of theirs away as possible because they have too much shit yeah they do <laughs> they, they, they like stuff and like during that time, they were just starting to make money and they were children with money and they had to buy everything that they could mm-hmm. buy. And then there was yeah. the whole situation of like, and I'm sure this still happens, fan gifts. Oh, um, Lord. Yeah. Can I just say something as a fan that did this and rose in the ranks of fandom because I did it correctly? If everyone else is giving a band member Oreos, or vanilla wafers, or watermelons. You are not going to stick out by doing the same thing. Right, and then now Daniel is supposedly allergic to watermelon. 
Yeah. See, I would have been the one bringing him a bottle of liquor as a teenager to be like, hey, yeah, remember me? I can hook you up. I would you know? remember you too. I'd remember you. Right? Too. I would too. As tour manager going, Jade, what the hell? What are you doing with the guy? No, no. not me now. <laughs> if I was a teenage, why don't we fan? Is what I'm That's saying. What I, like, then I would befriend them and say, look at, oh. No. <laughs> No, I'd be like, guys, you can't have that. You can't drink it. And I'll take it in the back and put it there for the crew. No. Exactly. <laughs> Cassie, what is the weirdest gift you have ever given to a boy band member specifically? Um, I think Taco Bell mild sauce. <laughs> like one packet? No, like a significant amount. They're from the UK. And I, I don't know why I thought that this was a good gift, but I don't. Who was this? A1. Like Tenzin. Oh. So yeah. a band named after a sauce. Yeah, yeah after a steak sauce. I was like, I want to give you taco sauce instead. Oh uh, my God, that is and I've given a lot of people, I've given a lot of weird stuff, but that's that's a pretty random one I remember. And I think it's kind of like, oh. Now, what was the most effective gift you gave a boy band member? Oh, most effective? Which doesn't count by pimping your friend out. That can't be one of the things. <laughs> I think that's illegal, Jade. Um, uh, I was saying, I remember when we gave Joe a burrito. I feel like that was effective. Yeah, I feel like that was effective. Like we gave this man <laughs> a burrito. Oh Lord! Is and he loves man? he loves Mexican. And then we food. gave this man a Mozart action figure, which I think also helped us become very close friends with that band. Oh yeah, that the Mozart action figure was very important. I bet he still has it. I just, for, oh, for absolutely. some reason, I, I just feel that, that he still yeah. has the Mozart action figure. John and Stacey, what's the weirdest thing that somebody's ever given a band member on tour? Well, first I will say about the food situation is I do not allow the boys to eat any food that is not like, <laughs> packaged appropriately mm, i think that's a good call i, yeah, I agree yeah. with that well, i mean they they're so cute they'll bring brownies and cookies and i'm like oh thank you we'll give it to the crew if they yeah. get sick we the can replace it. It, you know? give we it to reed yeah also evan will probably eat anything yeah probably you know but, they, but we, he's talented so. god what have we received besides what have they been given besides a disease? No, I'm just I kidding. think the coolest no, thing um, they ever got <laughs> I'm playing, were I'm playing. dolls from, we were in Japan, I think, and they each got a doll no, that, that looked Korea. like them. Korea. Korea. Yeah. That was the coolest thing. Um, but the weirdest, it's uh, all like of, that, well, of themselves, I'm assuming, yeah. of themselves. Okay. Yeah. yeah you know those, so... they do almost, they're like, I don't know, they're just almost like a, a doll that they, Put the little pieces on to make it look like them and all that stuff they and they put them in a their little hair box and a little a clear hair. box and all that's oh, really okay. cool okay those but as far as weird um i don't know i mean i've seen stuff thrown on stage like a half-eaten chicken nugget you know to one of the boys uh <laughs> i, I like that. that that's a great answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, you know what the, okay i just had this thought so when i was i had nothing to do with this i just kind of was a bystander but one of my best friends bryn we happened to be at the same boy band concert but we like didn't go together it was just like all the kids in our town were there and so we were at an o-town concert and i had like really good tickets that i had paid really good for and so she basically was like i gotta throw this note on on the stage to give to dan miller like a member of o-town i'm like and she's like can i come sneak up at your seat i'm like sure of course so she comes up to my seat and she's in like throwing distance of the stage at this point 
do you have you ever seen those things like i feel like you can get them at cracker barrel in the gift shop or like just like novelty things and it's like called a water snake yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. and you like pick it up and it goes Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she throws that up to the stage and, then we, and, and of course the band ignores it but then we proceed to watch a crew member try to pick it up it was so i was dying it was so oh, funny man. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, I, I love throwing stuff on stage. I li like lived for it. I used to have, I, I I remember the Backstreet Boys shows. I had this like big black bag that I would bring to the show. I mean, I would stuff it to the brim with stuff to throw at them. Oh my god! Like, and, and then I, I never had a good enough seat to throw stuff at them, so I would make it during the last song. I would like make a run for the stage. Or a slingshot. Like, you just need a slingshot. Well, I actually tried to get like a potato gun in, but that didn't work. So I could oh, shoot I it from, like really far away. But that oh, didn't work out. Goodness. I would like run to the, to like, I would, I had like, it was an arena show and it was a center stage. So I would like take the, the aisle down the middle and just run to the bottom during the last <laughs> song. And they would try to make me leave, but I wouldn't because I knew it was Throw the last it song. I could and see I would this. just literally be like chucking back. stuff for like and you're three just like, minutes. Day. Pick me up, bitch. Take me out of here. You ain't gonna get your hands on me. Yeah, I would just look like be throwing. I had so much stuff. Just well, everything I way. could throw. I bet you you get like if you get taken and it's pretty brutal. Sometimes they take you through the backstage. So if you have your bag with you, you, you make know? It, get it to the guy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say. Those times are kind of over and done with ever since, mm -hmm. you know, there's been so many. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what we do is we just have them give all gifts in boxes in the, in the front. And then yeah. security has to go through it. But they always manage to get like glow <clears throat> sticks, their bras, underwear. Um, little uh, dolls. Candies. Little dolls, yeah. little giraffes, little stuff oh, like that. Oh, I was cool. like. I feel like I would still, if I was at a venue that didn't serve alcohol, like maybe Rocket Town. I loved lining my bra with little alcohol bottles. <laughs> 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 I got them all night. <laughs> I did that at this festival called Bamboozle, and I was running to see Cobra Starship, and all my bottles were falling out of my bra. <laughs> I was freaking out. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Day of my life. Okay, so can you guys describe to me kind of how you divide up your duties on tour and what those duties entail? Oh, so exciting. Sure. Well, I sleep in and let yeah. get up early and do the venue walkthrough. Yeah, I basically, I'm probably the second guy in every day. Um, our production manager, I don't know how he works, but for some reason he gets about two hours of sleep and he's up before me. But um, yeah, I'm one of the first up, last to go to bed. Uh, I get up in the morning, we walk in. To, well, first of all, I go, wait, where are we? I forget where we're at now. What city? Right? Yeah. <clears throat> then we we get off the bus and make sure that buses are secure. So that way, you know, because there's fans there almost every single time at that moment in the morning, whether it's mm -hmm. six in the morning or eight mm -hmm. o'clock in the morning. So we secure the bus, make sure it's all good. The guys are still asleep, so I don't worry about them. I go right in the venue. At that point, normally we go find whoever's in charge at that moment. And um introduce ourselves and then we take our they we take a little tour we walk the menu mm -hmm. we do a security check i uh make sure that you know we point out where we want the rooms which rooms we want the guys in their dressing rooms here here and here our support acts all that stuff where to put meet and greet yeah we do so that is during that whole entire walkthrough um while stacy's still sleeping getting 
pretty, you know, and, and the best. Uh, and then uh, usually at that point in time, we come back and I'll try to get myself freshened up. I'll take a shower and usually wake her up. She goes in um, after I'm done with the shower and we'll start getting stuff ready to go at that point in time. We um, then I'll so kind of go through your stuff. <clears throat> I give them our run of show. Um, and yeah, the, we get our comp tickets. I get them situated. I deal with the ticket box. Most of my stuff is just organizational managerial kind of stuff. So most office. of what I do is behind the scenes. I am getting everything situated, making sure that everything is set up because I run the meet and greet, um, at least the front end of the meet and greet. So I just make sure that all of my lines are ready to go because it is crazy. Once the fans start showing up, it's like all hell's broken loose. So I'm, I like to get things all situated for that. Um, yeah. I have to steam the wardrobe and get that all situated for the night. Yeah, we um, do wardrobe too. We do wardrobe not. changes. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. so that that's that's also another part of it because when we're dealing with, I, I deal a lot with the production side of people. So I'll, you know, we discuss um, with the stage manager, which is Reed um, at that point. Hey, where are we going to put the wardrobe at? We go through it. We organize everything and try to figure out the staging and where it's going to be. Um, also during our walkthrough, I'll, you know, talk to them about what their ideas are from the venue as to where they want the meet and greet held. A lot of times it's like, are you kidding me? You know, what are you thinking? We have to reorganize everything, set the lines yeah, up. Yeah, because they'll, they'll tell you, like, they think that you can fit 200 girls in yeah. an area for, in like a 10 by 10 area. And you're like, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, they don't get the line situation either. No, every single time we walk out there and I'm like, okay, so where are we going to put the line? Well, I think, you know, we could probably set it up, you know, they could just line up on this side here. And I'm like, wait, no, we have like multi-tiered, you know, meet and greets. <laughs> we have three separate lines. we got to uh -huh. set up. Um, here's my flags that Stacey gives me to put up. We put up the flags like to show every single one. And then I'm like, okay, so where are the barricades? What are we looking at? Where's the bike racks? And they're like, Oh, you need bike racks? I'm like, you guys don't and, understand. And let me tell you, I have advanced this, like very specific with modular uh -huh. pictures and showing them exactly where everything goes and they still don't understand. It's yeah. oh, I have been there many yeah. a time, as well, you know. Well, you and did our meet and greet. It, yeah. yeah, it's very, I've done many a meet and greet for many artists and like it is, it is so rare that you would, well, can you explain first what advancing a show means? Yeah, basically it is um, in you're in communication with all of all the contacts, whoever it is, could at be like venues. ten different people over at the yeah. venue, and you're per venue. you're at you're sending in advance everything that you need them to provide for you to make sure the the, the show is successful. What we're bringing, um, we do a production in advance, so that comes to our production manager, which is where the buses are being everything from where the buses are being parked to every light that's hanging. Um, every All sound consoles. system, everything that needs to be provided to us so we could run the show the proper way. Um, when it comes to meet and greets, we always tell them we'll advance how many participants we're going to have in the meet and greet, mm -hmm. the different uh, breakdowns of, you know, one, two, and three, you know, we, we send it all over to them so they're aware of it in advance. Um, you know, we always ask them for a map, a plot map of the whole entire venue as well as the front of it. And we're like, okay, this is where we got to do everything. They don't understand. I don't think they understand the world of boy bands. You guys yeah. know more. You could work uh, circles around a venue, you know, manager more than anybody because they, you guys get it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing that they don't understand too, like, especially when you're advancing a meet and greet is like, you'll say to them like, okay, shows at seven, doors are at six. So we want them done with meet and greet by 5.30. I'm gonna need to start the process at 2.30. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have staff in. And I'm like, yeah, oh, exactly. like, they're gonna line up that I'm gonna check this group in and then this group and then they're gonna go do this. And like, that's literally how, and then it's like, then they always think, the venue always thinks, oh, once the girls are in the venue, they can just go back outside and just find a place in the line that is now formed. Oh, yeah. no, no. Oh, no, no. You are not going to want to deal with that. Like, no, once they're in, they're in. So you're going to have to have staff ready and available and barricades up by the time my meet and greet wraps at 530 or whatever it is. So yeah. it's like a whole thing. And like, no matter how many times you tell them, I'd say probably half of the venues on any tour are, are just surprised yeah. <laughs> that it needs to be done that right, way. And they oh don't my God, it's so stressful. Personnel there. It's terrible. Yeah. You're right. I mean, there's always something. Yeah, there's yeah. always something missing where we have to kind of just scavenge. Like, for example, it's great, again, team building here. So when they don't have staff, I'll be running the front so he could run the yep. back. And everybody on tour has multiple jobs. Like if you mm-hmm. are just like, this is what I do and that's all I do, which is majorly the crew, but any other person, it's like like Caspery, he does so many things for us besides mm-hmm. just photography. So like, yeah. it, it just all works out, but it's funny when you get there and you're just like, what the hell? Like, I thought this was already discussed. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's multiple emails back and forth. Oh yeah, it's kind of like, Touring is kind of like being in a circus because it's like the whole production just rolls up together in a slew of vehicles. And it's like, all right, all hands literally on deck. Like whatever you need to do, we all need to work together to make sure this like the show happens, everyone's on stage, nobody dies Mm -hmm. and we, and we safely get out of here on time. You know, it's, it's a whole, it's a production. It it truly is a production. And it's, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, I'm supposed to be training the elephants, but I guess today I'm making the cotton candy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let's, let's take it back to the first time we went on tour with you and we had, uh, no, it was Helen. Helen Helen was the first So we go out on the first run and it was in a sprinter van we had 10 people in a sprinter van. And if you guys, I'm sure Cassie knows, but others who don't know out there, um, they have sprinter vans that are actually gutted with just bench seats in them and a big giant area in the back to put all of your stuff. We would put all of our merch, um, all their luggage, all of our equipment, because each boy brought their own instrument, right, with them, you know, any kind of amps or whatever we needed and all of the cabling, all microphones, the whole nine yards, it was all in the back. That was Reed's main job besides driving setting that stuff up and making mm-hmm. it all fit like Legos, you know, in the back, you know? So <clears throat> we would take that run and drive. And it was like, it was unreal to think about talking about multi-jobs you had. Um, Stacy was not only, she was selling merch. Um, she was helping set up, you know, any of the wardrobe stuff, you know, being mommed everybody doing everything she does normally on, on the tour. In addition to that, Re was selling merch with her, jumping back and forth, doing security and that I was, Helping set up the stage, doing a production manager, which I never did in my life, but we were um, trying to figure things out, running around. I was the runner for us, you know, I was going all over. It was crazy <laughs> to think that, so fun though. you know, you do that stuff. But if you don't do that from the very beginning, I feel bad for you. If you, for some reason, you jump <laughs> into a tour and you're lucky enough to get on a tour, that's a big tour in a, in a bus and mm-hmm. you have multiple people. 
You miss out. You don't deserve that. No. You don't deserve that. You need to go through it, you know? Exactly. It's not even you don't deserve it. You don't, it's hard to appreciate it. It's hard Mm. to appreciate like the big moment because, you know, sometimes I see people who, I see people both artists and people who work with artists who kind of got to skip that part and then they complain about it. And I'm like, no, no, no. You don't get to complain because you didn't have to do this part. <laughs> yeah. right. You got lucky. You got this. You got. You went straight to the Ritz. You don't have to double up have rooms to. at the Hampton Inn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. free that. breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time. So we had like an off day, and I flew to Virginia to see my parents. John picks me up at a Cracker Barrel on the side of the road <laughs> I remember in a that. Sprinter. And this is what happened. So I'm in the car, we're driving from Richmond to DC and it's just me and John and Reed. And I was in the back, like putting together meet and greet packets, like doing all this paperwork and just working and working. And I took my shoes off. Well, at some point we pulled over to the side of the road for something. And one of my shoes had fallen into like the little crevice where you open the sliding door of, of the van. And like, this was the only pair of tennis shoes I had. Okay. And we're on show day. And we get to DC and I'm like, where's my shoe? And we realized it was on the side of the fucking highway somewhere because they opened the door and it fell out. So I'm like, I have to now load in with one shoe. <laughs> so next thing I'm doing is like, oh my God, is there a shoe there store open? I am like trying desperately to find a payless or something in like kind of a not great part of DC just yeah, to find shoes that was <laughs> through the day. I remember that yeah. so vividly. That was hilarious. I mean, I think my face turned. I think he probably thought I was going to kill him. I'm like, where is my shoe? I was so free. had no clue. We're like, what do you mean where's your shoe? Oh my gosh. That yeah. was, I mean, I mean, that's just like one of many, many, many things that have happened on tour. Like tour is a place like, what is something like, tell me one of the craziest things that's happened to you on tour. I can't, I can't believe one of them, the most dangerous. And I had no idea when we were going on that first run. Um, it was in the dead of the winter. Okay. We started that to remember like mm-hmm. November. Like that. So we went all over the country and through Canada in, in the snow. And mm-hmm. I'm a California boy. Okay. I've never driven in the snow. So here I am driving a sprinter van loaded with 10 people with, why don't we in the back and everybody, I'm in charge of everyone's life. And we're in uh, South Bend, Indiana, and I'm going down the highway and there's truckers and stuff just flying down the road. And it is like this much snow, okay, on the highway. And I have no clue. So here I am going. And, and we couldn't have shapes. And I have all the guys in the back, I'm going 50 miles an hour, literally, down the highway. And Jonah goes from the very back, hey, John. And I'm like, what's up? He goes, you probably might want to slow down a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. And I had no clue because I'd never done. I'm like, okay, Minnesota boy, he probably knows. Yeah. So I pull it back to like maybe 30, 35. And I'm still, I'm like, God dang, I can't even see because the windshield wipers are going and I'm trying to figure stuff out. And Jonah goes, hey, John, might want to slow down more, bro. <laughs> it was like, and he's, and I'm like, why? He goes, dude, believe me. And sure enough, there's cars off oh the highway all over gosh. and gosh you know, I, I had her go like this the whole so time. this is funny so the story gets better so we pull up and like i i um i switch with reed reed gets in and we go down where we have to get on you know the toll roads are everywhere right so we go yeah. up and there's a toll road and there's nobody there and we pull up to the gate right and and reed just he gets so frazzled so easy so he's like <laughs> oh, no you know he's trying to figure out how to how to get through the toll booth 
and he can't figure it out. And so he backs up and he gets out and walks about 50 yards as a police car over there through the snow, about two feet in the snow. And he's like, excuse me. You know, he's like all upset. And the guy goes, uh, push the button, dude. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? He goes, there's a button on the thing. It says, push the button. Oh my gosh. Oh my see, I mean, but that makes sense because the first time I saw a toll like that, I probably I didn't know what I was doing either. Cause like and, and the thing is I knew that stuff a way younger because I was just traveling chasing boy bands around. So I knew all about the New Jersey toll system, which is the same way. Um yeah, it's it's crazy like when you're driving through New York, you know, and you have to get like ticket after ticket at like this bridge and then this entrance to this bridge and this exit to this bridge they all have a different ticket yeah, yeah. you're right and then trying to it's figure out if you could fit in the tunnel or whatever it was yep it's scary talk about what was it in chicago or boston i can't remember where they have one of the highways where they're like rounded you guys would know they're like rounded underpasses that you go under that are oh, yeah i mean both yeah. of them have that yeah chicago, that i feel stupid. like boston has a lot that are like very curvy i was just in boston so and very short and i tell yeah. you what i thought that i was going to hit the roof of that sprinter van a hundred times oh but he did he he he, he did he yeah, well, I did. lost the ac unit at a bank or something yeah it was a thing <laughs> had a guitar center you're not supposed to talk about uh, that <laughs> yeah. that was no, like, we, oh what oh, do you what do you do go like pick it up <laughs> you basically grab this stuff it was just actually the cover it wasn't the unit it well, was just the cover the got ripped off that you have lost from the sprinter van my shoe yeah. and an air conditioning unit and, <laughs> yeah, and right. the actual sprinter we lost let's talk about oh, that yeah. one. well we didn't lose it it just got taken from us <laughs> our first first ever shows we did we all fly into uh jersey i think it was yeah and we stay at the hotel and I pull up. Oh, like the first shows we did. Like the yeah. first we did. First shows. First the shows ever. factory or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah the first the one. First. I was there. Yeah, so we fly in and we're in, in the Sprinter van and go to the hotel and everybody gets in. We get we go in, get everybody checked in. We're unloading all kinds of junk. So I had a Sprinter parked, right? And, you know, normally like you pull up the hotel and you yeah. park it right there and everybody takes the stuff out, right? And we're unloading luggage. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm helping get everything to everybody's room with Stacy. And like, it's, it's an ordeal. And it took me almost an hour to get everything done. And finally, I'm like, oh, man, okay, now I got to go back and park the Sprinter van so we could get, you know, some rest because we got to get up early. I go outside and it's gone. And I'm like, no car. I'm like, it's gone. The Sprinter's gone. And I go back inside. I'm like, did somebody move? Did I give somebody the keys or whatever? And no, sure. I only had the set of keys in my hands. I was looking around and freaking out. And I went inside and I go, dude, someone stole my freaking sprinter van. I'm freaking yeah, out. We, and and this is when Dave Loeffler was, Dave was super, there. yeah, he was there and super involved and very much on our ass to get our jobs done correctly. Which, well, we had yeah. a lot to prove. It we was did. the very beginning. And we had, we had a had ton to, yeah. You know, I, I went yeah. from... I went from working in a high school where I had to actually um, an all boys school and I had to organize like, you know, help organize trips and stuff like that to do things and, and nothing like this. So we ended up in a situation, I'm freaking out. I'm losing my mind. Right. And I go back in and I tell, I go inside of the hotel and I'm like, look, did somebody, you know, did anybody see somebody steal my car from out front? I was freaking out. And he goes, uh, don't tell me that black sprinter was yours. I'm like, yeah, I was offloading everything and I was getting things situated you don't normally, why, what happened? He's like, we just had it towed away. <laughs> well, we're in, 
Jersey. Like in an hour. Yeah. Didn't you even ask somebody at that point? Yeah, like, I did. I asked the guy, I said, hey, can I just leave the car here while while? So I was so pissed. No, well, they all, you know, everybody goes, oh, I don't know. So I remember calling Dave and I was like, hey, um, yeah, I got to let you know something really bad happened, dude. Don't kill me. You know, he's like, what? He goes, what? He said, get that damn sprinter. That's all I'm going to tell you. He goes, make sure the guys need to be where they need to be in the morning. I go, okay, I got all night to figure this out. And sure enough, I got it. I went and paid for it myself. I went and got out of impound and I got it and drove it back and we were there. No, we had <laughs> Philadelphia boys well, in Ubers. Well, we put the boys in, yeah, in Ubers in like big XL oh. Ubers to get over to the venue. But I met them at the venue with those. I do remember them showing up alone because I had driven from New York City because I was in New York City because we played New York City the next day. Right. And yeah. it was a really, really windy day. And I remember yeah. them showing up and being like, Oh, I need to take care of them because I don't know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a really, really cold and really, really windy day. I remember that. Yeah, it was nuts. So those Super are, windy. But it was like also an awesome day. Like it, the place was, I don't, was it sold out? I think it was sold out. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was. It was like, it was like the first moment of why don't we like actually happening. And it was something like elect, not electric. Electric factory. That's what I yeah, think. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was cool. Um, been to a lot of shitty clubs on the east coast i'll tell you that <laughs> but there, i don't think there's any like more disgusting club than the masquerade in atlanta really? that place is we, we one time played no the garage in scotland is the nastiest place mm, i've, I've ever never been, been there don't it's never it's like there. they have a pole in the middle of the stage like in the, like in the, like a big like not like a stripper pole like a, just like a big <laughs> you know like structure support pole yeah. and it, so it's like in the middle of the stage which is like the, where you want to stand a lot oh so it's so it's really hard so that's really and it smells terrible and i've been there like multiple times so it's not just one time it smelled terrible just it always smells terrible well we, we did one show that would probably rival that. I remember the worst venue I could say, and I don't know the name of Texas, it. It was in Houston. Yeah. And we went to um, a little hole in the wall. It was on that show, on that tour. And we pull up to this venue and we drive up and it looks like a little dive bar, right? Out front, I'm like, what the heck? And the girls are lined up outside. Wait, I feel like I remember Helen talking about Yes, this. we were in a horrible neighborhood, horrible <laughs> neighborhood. And we, so we walk up and there's people walking by that, you know, some sketchy people and scary. And there's a bunch of little girls just looking at them with their parents. And I walk up, hey guys, how's it going? I got like four parents come up to me, go, if you don't let my child, my daughter into this venue now, we're leaving and you're giving me my money back. And I'm like, what's going on? They're like, this is the scariest part of town. We need to get out of here. So literally we took the whole line, which is probably only 30 people deep <laughs> at that time. It was the first tour. Took them all and I put them all inside. I said, guys, get in here, get comfortable. We know who you are because there's only 10 of us in the crew. So I will come back for you and we'll get you checked in. And we, that venue was the craziest. We had a little old man who was our sound guy and he was crumpled over like this, okay? Like this. <laughs> super, super hunchback, really old guy. And he's on this analog board, you know, it's like turning the knobs, you know? Hey, how's that? You know, and it was <laughs> and the stage was about probably about six feet by five feet, maybe for the whole entire band, right? It was so small, and they had a naked um mannequin 
Yeah, I remember body. something being naked. Like that that was <laughs> what that was the thing that I remembered in my mind. It was the naked mannequin right there by the sound stage, I mean sound area. And the guy was like doing his thing, trying to get it going. And then the show starts and nothing's working right. And I'm constantly over there trying to talk to him. He falls asleep during the show. He falls asleep? I thought he was dead. Oh. I mean, dead. he he did this. Which, oh my God, can you imagine? Like, yeah. can you imagine? That would have been the weirdest thing that happened. But that would be a good, that would be a way to go, you know? Yeah, right. Doing what like you love. Like, it was incredible. It was the funniest Hannah, thing ever. Hannah, our producer, she's a sound, she's a sound woman. Yeah. Is that how you imagine? No. It? I don't no. die on the job. <laughs> Hannah, this is an old board that was like, I don't know if you even know what it looked like, but it's just about that big analog. It had all these, and he was just, oh yeah, I got it. I got it. You know, it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And he literally felt during the I would show. love to, I would love to grow That's old crazy. and be that guy, but I don't want to end up. You don't want to die there. Well, he didn't die there. Right. He could be dead now. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. We don't so know. Tired. That was four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, okay, so as a husband and wife that mm -hmm. tour together, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you handle that? I mean, most husbands and wives can't even stay married in a, nor in a, in a like, mo there are so many people in like pristine, beautiful, giant mansions with maids and they can't stay married. So how do you make this work? I think it's just a passion for us, um, a lifelong passion for John and I to, have this job and I feel like we just work so well together as a team that we're friends first and and married like our marriage is priority over everything mm -hmm. and so as long as we work from that way down everything kind of just works out I mean we definitely fight though yeah I mean we have our, our personalities are are funny because we we come from that same background she was a dancer actor doing all that and that was the same thing when I was a kid you know doing my you know, singing in band, boy band crap and all that junk growing up, right? So as we did that, we both had that same gear, right, that same yeah. passion. And when you are in that business, you are about yourself trying to get yourself to where you need to be and you're on your own boss, right? So we got started to work in the beginning. Oh, definitely butted our heads. That first tour was, was crazy. You remember, we argued a lot when you were with us just because we were figuring it out. After the Something Different tour, I think, things changed we, for us yeah we our, slipped into we figured gear. it out jade what it ended up happening is that we wanted to do the same jobs most of the time mm -hmm. and, and it, it doesn't work that way and we were like yeah. finally after a while and this is not how stupid we were we would make the jobs at home we would okay you're gonna do this you're gonna do that well why do i have to do why don't you do that you know in the <laughs> beginning so i was like what the heck well one day i remember we were planning um i think it was invitation and we literally got into work mode and didn't even speak for like two days not because we we're mad just because we we're working and then we yeah, both dividing and conquering yeah, yeah. like yeah. we yeah. don't see each other a lot during throughout the day until showtime yeah and then we're backstage with wardrobe and then we're in front of house making sure everything's good but i think it's just like like i said we just it took a while but and when we do have arguments what i try mm -hmm. and do is make sure i know what kind of people are around us so because mm -hmm. we do not want to put our negativity on anybody else yeah so mm -hmm. like if we have an argument we keep it in-house quiet to ourselves and we figure yeah. it out yeah. yeah but but it just it was a matter of growing and figuring it out but now honestly we're not around each other we are literally 24 seven. It's the funniest thing. And we don't care. 
Cause I'm like, you know, when we're not working, we're at home, you know? And I, and I, yeah. think we talked about it. We said COVID was the, the death of a lot of relationships, right? A lot yeah. of people are getting divorced, a lot of, you know, violence, mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. Well, for her and I, we're lucky because we're used to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we were able to, we're still surviving and having a good time during this time, you know? And it's, you know, it's interesting. It's, I feel like there's like a synergy between that story and like with me and Cassie, cause like we started business as friends and like we had to learn how to work together. And I think it was the same thing. I think at the beginning we were both doing a lot of the same stuff mm -hmm. and we finally were like, okay, you do this. I do this. You're better at this. I'm better at this. And it works now. And you know, and it's interesting, like, you know, you talk about COVID, but like, yeah, every time something like COVID or whatever happens, we go through hard times, but we've been through it so many times that like, we're very adaptable at this point, you know? Yeah, we are, we are too. And I think it, it, um, it took us a little while to get through, but I feel it like did. now we can um, put a stamp on things, you know, so like as being a really strong team and people know what they're going to get two for one, basically, yeah. you know, hundred so. percent. I can't wait to go back on tour. Yeah. If I don't go back on tour soon, I am going to lose my mind. I know, but we know, we realize that we're probably not going out till next year and we get it. We're trying to put our, wrap our head around that, what that means. Yeah. Um, you know, on a daily basis, we're, we're kind of in a different lucky situation. Most tour managers or tour management company, um, that that's all they do. We don't yeah. do you know, because we are interacting with the boys day to day with the guys and what they're doing. So, so we're, we're still working. You know, we're we're constantly you know dealing with their schedules. Um, you know, for recording, for rehearsals, for mm -hmm. writing sessions, for whatever it is. All the promo, promo we've done is so much promo. All that. So it's keeping our sanity. You know, we're able to yeah. constantly say you know that we're working with them and doing what we do up until we get to touring. Um, but in the meantime, what it's done is given us an opportunity to really take a step back and say, okay, well, where did we come from? What did we do? And what do we want to do down the line? And we, you know, we have our own label that we've had for, I don't even know if I told you this, but way back prior to, we've been doing this for what, like 12, 13 years. And yeah, um, we've been able to revamp it. We renamed our, our label now, which is really cool. Um, it's High Road is the name of it. Because we're we, taking the high, we take road. the high road. We like to feel like we're good people and we don't, no wanna, drama. Don't want to be caught up yeah. in, in the drama of the BS. So we're doing that. We're, we teamed up with some really great people. So we're putting that in place. Um, we have a clothing line that we've been, you know, somebody approached us about doing and, and, you know, we're going to probably do that. So there's. And real estate. Yeah. And, and real estate. I really want to do real estate investment. We are, we're trying to be smart with every penny we get. We are saving it and doing what we can. So we're, those are fun things that you could do that you're forced to do, but you know, we don't want to just sit around and go, okay, let's just wait till the next day. We got to go to work. Yeah. No, we, I understand. Just like I you understand. guys, you guys hustle. I mean, you've Every done, day we're you guys are revamping everything. You constantly, I'm like watching you guys going, yeah, that's awesome. They're doing another, this, another, that, you know, it's pretty <laughs> yeah, fun. You guys are handling like it. Re reinvent yourself as you go. You know, yeah. I want to play a quick, I don't know what you call this. I'm going to give you a, a superlative, a category, and mm -hmm. you guys are going to give me the name of the why don't remember that goes with it. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. You can plead the fifth, but don't do it too much. They're pretty clean. They're pretty clean. Yeah, they you know? are. Um, no, well, I mean, my, my questions. I didn't mean the boys. Um, so. <laughs> All right. So of the members of why don't we, who is the most adaptive the most adaptive, I would say, would be Corbin. Who is the hungriest? 
Who's the hungriest? Well, I know who eats the fastest is Jonah. Um, oh my God. He eats before. They all are so hungry. Yeah, they are. They're like growing yeah, boys. They are. They honestly, they will eat if if there's food. They're, they're, they're going to eat. So yeah. all of them. All of them. Who takes the longest to get ready? Zach. No, Zach, no. for sure. Actually, wait a minute. Sometimes on this last tour, Corbin. we got to say Daniel and Corbin because their hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they were their hair was getting longer too, and they were going with a different style, so it took them a little longer. But Zach, normally, I would Zach. not say Zach because he would just show up with his helmet hair and he's ready to go. go. His hair. There's been good. many a times that I've asked Zach what was going on with his hair. Yeah, like it's what's insane. happening right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. who sleeps the latest? Jack and Zach. Uh, Jack and Zach. Jack can sleep anywhere. Anyway, he'll sleep right here. He's doing the interview. Oh. Next thing you know, he's like, Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Five minutes before they are like supposed to be on stage. Oh, literally. I have literally no. here, the boys are getting their ears on. The band's getting their ears on. Getting I call them boys. I'm sorry. Um, they're walking over to you know to where we need to get stage up. I'm like, where are the guys at? They're like, Well, I don't know. Last time I saw those two, they were on the bus. I run out to the bus and they're asleep. And we're about to walk on stage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's happening. Also, I call the Backstreet Boys boys. All of us call the Backstreet Boys boys. So you can call them boys. Uh, who is the most forgetful? Daniel. Yeah, I would say so. And he. Who is? Who is most likely to miss a flight? Uh, Corbin is the one who has. He's the only the one most who missed likely it. would be Zach Aaron. Yeah, it would be Zach definitely because he's late. I don't feel like that's fair. If Corbin's the only one who's done it. He's the only one who missed it was in L.A. Though he had, I forget what the situation was but it wasn't his fault and it just it just something happened and he ended up we spoke i spoke to him on the phone I'm like you can either try to get here and haul buns and i'll try to hold the door or you just bite the bullet and let's get you another he's like that's fine i'll just go on the next flight i mean but on this zoom it's definitely me i am definitely the most likely to miss <laughs> <laughs> um who is the most stylish jack i think jack who is in a really cool style both of yeah Who's the funniest? Jack. Oh, Jack. Are you kidding me? Who spends the most time with fans? Jonah. Jonah. Who buys the most unnecessary junk? Uh, not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Besides Jonah. Jonah's really no, good. You know what? I, I would say Jack. Like, I don't know about junk, though. His stuff is clothes. He has a passion exactly. for clothing, you know? And they yeah. used, okay, okay, let's rephrase No, we're going to say this. In the beginning, all of them. Because I don't know if you remember, they would buy like Walmart. a Zach bought a, a fire toy engine. fire engine. You would stop you know? the bus at Walmart and it would be two hours. And I'm like, can, can we go? Oh, no, <laughs> I needed another drone. Yeah. I need like whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's when the hoverboards were like super in. And the they beginning. all needed a yes. and they all. Needed oh, my gosh. One time we were at a meet and greet and they, one of them let a fan on a hoverboard and I lost, <laughs> lost it. So I'm like, do you understand what kind of damage could be done and what insurance we don't have that could cover them? I remember <laughs> that. Like, I remember oh, you during all the meet and greets. Jade would oh be my, there. I was, but this, there weren't meet and greets. I was doing, I mean, meet and greets are one thing. Meet and greets have an organization level. This was the free for all fan hangout where That's you nice. have five boys all around a, a room, a mm -hmm. venue and girls doing whatever the hell they want. And, and the hardest part is God bless them. But you know, you are put into situations sometimes with fans that you maybe like don't want to do the thing they're asking you, but you are always like, 
do you do it? Cause like, and the big thing fans did, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay my point out for this. There's a lot of <laughs> internet talk about this. These fans wanted to jump on their backs and ride them like a donkey. And I was like, oh, hell no. And the thing was sometimes when they would do this, some like, for instance, if I was a why don't we fan and we were all being equal and everybody's treated the same, if I jumped on Daniel, I would kill him. So, <laughs> you know, you don't want to open the door to situations oh that are, are potentially harmful right. to someone. And in general, I don't want, I, I'm large. I could hold anybody. I don't want a stranger jumping on me. Yeah. And just in general, for me, well, it felt like it was part of my job mandated by management mm. to keep the touching and kissing and jumping and riding to a minimum or right. not happening at all costs. Mm -hmm. And I am now tasked to be the one person in charge of five people in five groups of probably 15 girls each and make sure none of this happens because if management saw that happen and Jay didn't yeah. call it out, I was going to get in trouble. So yeah. I was doing my job. I was keeping people safe. And look, it comes down to like a venue you happen to jump on somebody's back wrong and you actually hurt something, that yep. band could sue that venue. And yep. then you're not gonna get the venue to book you and you're gonna get a bad rep. There's a whole liability. Right. Whole, right. And I get it. Girls, I get it. I am a fan. Trust me, as a child, I definitely wanted to jump on Joey McIntyre. It was not a question. <laughs> there are still moments I've wanted to jump on Nick Carter, but it's not kosher. We don't do that. <laughs> You gotta understand that there's safety measures and you gotta understand people gotta do their jobs. So yeah, that don't you think that social media just made that happen because they no longer are just artists. They are like diving into their lives. So they feel that when they meet them, they know them already. I mean, I, mean, I don't think when I was growing up, like I would ever jump on an artist. Like I would- I mean, I'm not gonna it. lie. That stuff was happening. Like social media has made like the interactions different and more deep and all this stuff. But like, oh, I would have, there There should have been, if I ever met the Backstreet Boys as a 17 year old, a very hefty security guard ready to take me down because <laughs> if I had the opportunity, God knows what I would have done. Yes. Nice. That's I mean, I did, I did get pushed down by the Backstreet Boys security guard. Um, I, it, was, it wasn't basically like Howie was walking by going into a party and I was like, I'm gonna try to walk up to him and like touch his hand and the guy like threw me down. <laughs> so I wasn't trying to jump on him, I was trying to shake his hand, but it, it was a- it, I, I Like here's the double standard. Here's the double standard. Nobody gets mad when male security tells them they can't touch jump on kiss an artist but because i was a girl on site the whole internet started calling me a psycho bitch. Oh, that's and i true. had the same yeah. problem with the uh, max and harvey they, they like because what happened was these influencer tours would mm -hmm. would happen and like they're the, i mean it looked like kind of like softcore like prostitution to a certain extent but there would be like <laughs> but there'd be like the, these like the the girls with like these male influencer guys like and basically looked like they were like making out with them and so they would they they expected these other you know we work with a group Max and Harvey they kind of yeah. the fans had like sort of they wanted pictures that looked like these pictures of them on their backs them kissing them and Max and Harvey didn't feel comfortable with it the same way mm -hmm. I think um why don't we did it and you know so I I got the rap from the UK fans about like being awful and you know being called really bad names and 
that sort of thing. So it's, I'm surprised I haven't. Maybe oh, I, have. I just don't look, but I'm I surprised they haven't called me a bitch. Yes, I've gotten, I did the same thing on the last, um, when we, we had a little security scare on one of the tours and <clears throat> we started doing that whole thing with the, with the uh, gifts no longer, they, they couldn't have yep. them. Um, only the limelight gifts, you know, if they came in beforehand and they did the meet and greet prior to, they could bring their gift. We had to get it inspected beforehand. I took it, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, oh, I became a bad guy for a while because I was, yeah, I was telling them that no, you know, they got this real thing. They started pulling the guy's cheeks, you know, like, like it was cute or something, you know, pulling on the cheeks. Like and I try like, that 250 times a day. Yeah. So I, I finally <laughs> started telling them, I'm like, guys, you know, girls, you don't know where your hands have been. Don't, you know, stop, please stop doing that. Stop asking them to help, you know, hold you to jump up. Stop trying to kiss them. Can you kiss me on cheek? We stopped it all just because yep. this became a really bad like precedence. You know, this, the security aspect of the whole thing changed dramatically, especially where they were at. If we missed a show because someone got sick or someone kissed a girl and got, you know, God forbid, I'm not saying any girls are like this, but he got some kind of, you know, something on his lip and it became gross. It's like, you know, life would be a lot different. You know, be really hard. Well, I mean, you know, it's also, you talk about social media and all this, it does change in a way, but I think it changes in a way that it should almost be less like difficult for a fan to like chill because it's so much easier to meet people now. Like for instance, when I go back to say like when I was 17, if I had met the Backstreet Boys, when I was 17, I wouldn't have bet my life that I would ever meet the Backstreet Boys because that was not a common thing. Like you just didn't meet the Backstreet Boys. Now yeah. you can pay to meet the Backstreet Boys and the people who meet the Backstreet Boys usually pay for it time and time and time and time again. And because of that, it's a little more normal. And like with Why Don't We? Obviously you can pay to meet Why Don't We? Even if you don't pay, there are so many opportunities Mm -hmm. to meet why don't we or bands at their level or even bands above their level and like you know i understand i i obviously truly understand being a fan that has obvious you know i have dedicated my life to fandom and my career and, and built a company with cassie based on us being fans and you know i don't think anybody else could understand it better but at the same time you know after like the whole you know, after social media came into being and like meeting people was more just normal and something you probably were going to do. I think it's even more weird to demand all of this touching and all this stuff. Cause yeah. like, look, the band doesn't owe you anything, you know, like, like they owe you respect, but you also owe them respect. Yeah. And I remember, and I remember when I met, um, when I met the Backstreet Boys when I was 15, I remember I, I was the first one in the meet and greet line. So I like did because of a whole nother weird sort of set of circumstances. So I had to go first um, and I was 15. He snuck in and made a fake pass. <laughs> and, so, and they didn't know what, to, and the, the tour manager didn't know what to do with me because I told him I bought it outside from a man when I did it, <laughs> but, um, so, but it worked. And um, so they're like, okay, we're just going to put you in before everyone else goes through the line. And uh, so, I, you know, I, so I was first and I, I, I shook out, I stuck my hand out to shake his hand a nick and he's like no you, i'm gonna give you a hug but i so i just can't even fathom that because even like at my height mm -hmm. of when that would when that was like i couldn't believe that was happening mm -hmm. i still just expected a handshake i was just I, it, like literally i'm just happy to be here that's how i was i will say yeah. that when i when i lost my mind was when i got pulled on stage that was when like i 
that's when I didn't know what to do with myself. And that's when the Backstreet Boy can touch you in whatever way. And let me tell you, Cassie got touched. <laughs> I, I just like, I didn't know who I was. I don't know. I wasn't that, I wasn't the same person that night. I don't know. It was that's like hilarious. being the girl on stage was. Okay. There is a photo that Cassie has, a, has acquired for, that somebody other fan took this night. Nick Carter, okay, how do I describe it? Like, she's like this, and he's like grabbing her lip. Like, <laughs> we like, need to find oh it my this. God. Yeah, I like, need to find his hand now. in your mouth. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Shows the, shows the photo, you gotta show it's, the it's photo. I was very jealous at that moment. Hey, you know, think about what you guys are talking about though in the different eras of what's going on with social media now. Jade, I think a point, part of the point you're making also is they're so accessible throughout the day that you feel like you already know them before you meet yeah. them without even meeting them. But back in the day, there was no social media. So when you guys had to chase them down, that was a humongous thing. So you're actually seeing them for the first time if you're not watching them on MTV or whatever it was when you're like, oh my Lord, here they are. I feel like back in the day, the boy bands had a huge, like a much bigger impact on that portion of, of the live scene when you met him. Oh yeah, but here's another thing to keep in mind. Even though I had spent so many hours watching and, in, and being engulfed in Backstreet Boys content like VHSs, a website, what I see on MTV, they could not interact with me. However, when Why Don't We or these artists or even now the Backstreet Boys meet a lot of their fans, they also know them. Yeah. You're not, oh, and the thing is, you're not always meeting them for the first time and you're not necessarily meeting them and not knowing who they are. Like yeah. a lot of times, like when you meet, even like for me, like if I meet an artist that like maybe, I, I still pay for being great. You know what's so funny? <laughs> Our last show of that tour was at the Roxy mm -hmm. and literally, and a you know, so I, I did the thing and I advanced the venue and the Roxy is a great, great venue that has their shit together. Yeah. A week later, literally a week later, I had purchased a meet and greet package for an artist called The Rocket Summer. And I showed up and they were just like, we're checking you in now. You were just running this table a few days ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you know. Um, but you know, like I've been to meet and greets with him for a long time and like he knows me and like that's normal, but I still wanna like buy that and like go to the pre-show thing and get the signed poster and yeah. take the photo and like, it's normal and like, it's so different. Cause like back in the day, it wasn't like that. Like if yeah. I were able to meet, even when I was meeting these like D-list boy bands, I was still very much freaking out because they, you know, they weren't interacting with me. There wasn't content being shot. It's just these little glimpses of this person's life you get. But yeah, it's, I mean, we could do a whole episode. We could do a, oh, yeah. we could write a book on like how much fandom has changed and how much um, interacting with fans and artists and, and, you know, fans interact with artists and how that's changed. and what's appropriate and what's not but yeah, we oh, should good. have yeah meet and greet 101 i love that <laughs> i i want to do a meet and greet 101 episode with artists yeah Let's what they like what they don't like like yeah, yeah. that's interesting all right well all right. i think i think this has been great do you guys have any anywhere that people or you want people to follow you online uh you can you know social media is like it's i mean it's there for me mine is john lucero 24 the number 24 at the end it's stacy k pile yeah you can find me on follow instagram i just i'm not on tiktok i just i mean i'm on tiktok but i don't i just watch I stuff once so in a while but you'll see to tiktok 
you know, Instagram or tic- uh, Twitter. That's I'm it. saying we should start a couple's TikTok. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should. Be like, we tour managed together and here's the shit that happens every day. Yeah. Like it'd be quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. Once we get back on the road for sure. But for now we could do stupid dances. <laughs> yeah. You okay. could. Yeah. <laughs> you could do be, stupid dances. That would be terrible. Yeah. All right, guys. I love it. Well, thank you guys for coming. Um, you guys can follow myself at Folia Jade and Cassie at Cassie Petrie. You can also follow our socials for the show at How I Got Backstage and I Got Backstage. This episode has been edited by Hannah Humphreys and produced by Crowdsurf with original music by Cody Falcosky. <laughs>